tell of all his wondrous works. Of all his wonders. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wonders. Remember the wonders he has done. No one can fathom. Wonderful, wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Hi guys, this is Wonderful to Tell, and I'm Tracy Conrad. Have you ever been faced with a difficult situation or choice, and a Bible verse comes flooding into your mind, and in that moment you know how God would want you to act, or felt angry or frustrated? with another person, and just before you react, you hear the wise words of benediction from your pastor, saying, Honor all men. These are examples of how God speaks to His children through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, helping us to walk upright and to flee from sin. But sometimes, you might clearly hear God speaking to your heart, prompting you to move or act in a specific way. When this happens, and it's in line with His Word. Will you be motivated to act and obey? That's exactly what Jamal Johnson does in this story he shared with us at a recent Wonderful to Tell recording session. Here's Jamal Johnson. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I tried to keep it as organic as I can and not think of anything and and just see what the Lord was telling me. But uh, I kind of feel the story I'm going to talk about a little bit. I'm going to go a little bit backwards to get to the story, just to get a little bit of my background. Uh, I grew up in Pasadena, California. Uh, uh, I'm in the middle of five. Uh, my mom was on drugs uh, when I was a little kid, and my dad lived about from here to about Arlington. And he, my dad wasn't a typical deadbeat dad. Uh, he was a captain in the Navy, never been to jail never did drugs or anything like that. He was hurt by my mother at a when at a young when they first got married and then she hurt him so bad he kind of just didn't want to take responsibility. So, I grew up about 30 miles from him and never seen him, never maybe seen him a couple times when I was a little kid, but just that was it. So, at 8 years old, my mom kind of was struggling with drugs and I ended up getting a, I got adopted when I was 8 years old. So, I went from Personally, uh, my, my life changed overnight. I went to, didn't know what I was going to eat, uh, extreme poverty to get adopted by this family, and my whole life has changed. And they were believers uh, before I was saved, uh, uh, moved with this family. So a little bit how I met this family, I used to go to an after-school program called Harambe Christian Family Center. It was right across the street from my mother's home. So this family named the Brown family used to help me with my homework Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays for about 45 minutes. Uh, long story short is, mom gets on drugs. I, I befriend them. They kind of share the gospel with me. Before then, I'll be honest with you, I was an African-American male in the inner city, and most of us, we, we, we believe in God. Um, did I know the gospel? No, I did not. But I had a sense that, you know, you're outside, you're playing, you're a little kid, and you say, hey, I'm Superman. I'd be like, hey, I'm God. I knew God was like, you know, God was at the top and everything else was at the bottom. But it like I said, I never read a, a book out of the Bible, anything like that, uh, before I moved with this family. First book I ever read was First uh, and Second Samuel, um, and it, it drew me in because David was everything that I wasn't. Uh, I was scared of everything as a child, uh, just slept with my shoes on, always nervous that something's going to happen and I could jump out my window and run, or just a lot of fear. And David was bold; he wasn't scared of anything, and mainly uh, that. Uh, he had this relationship with God, and I kind of felt that I didn't have a relationship with anyone. So that kind of gravitated me towards learning more about God and choosing Him and, and uh, walking with Him. 
So that's just a little preview of the story. Uh, before I get into the story, I want to share is when I was in college and God put it on my heart to go forgive my father for not being there for me. Um, so I'm in college at this time. You know, I, I go through high school. I graduated high school. Uh, I kind of was a young graduate and uh, I wasn't ready to uh, go to college. I was, my mom comes in. I said, Mom, I still kind of like playing video games all day. I don't know if we should. <laughs> and she was like, well, that's fine, but you're going to do something. So I ended up going on mission trips after I graduated high school for two years. And it was a great time for me just to grow in my faith. Um, it was the first time that, you know, uh, the gospel came alive to me. And I started, you know, when you're in the middle of Brazil and the Amazon and it's 90 degrees and it's humid and you wake up to get in your word, you realize, man, I, I, I want to know about this God. It's not my parents' faith. This is mine and I desire it. So I graduated high school, went on mission trips for two years. While I'm on those mission trips, I feel like the Lord's clearly telling me, like, Jamal, I think you need to get your education. So I come back, um, uh, I get back home, I tell my mom, if I want to do school, I kind of want to go as far as I can. I'm from California, so I, I went to a private little Christian school called Nyack College out on the East Coast, right off the Hudson. A uh, beautiful school, just right off the Hudson. It's kind of pretty close where that guy landed that plane and saved all those people, you know? So um Went there for two years, uh, got really cold, <laughs> a little depressing, and my mom called me. She said, Jamal, I think you're depressed, so ended up going back home and transferring to Azusa Pacific University. That's where I met my wife. My wife was my first girlfriend. So now to the story. I am in class. I am in, in college. Me and my, wa- my wife at the time were dating, and I knew I wanted to marry her. I knew that's what we were pursuing. That's what we were going for. And uh, I am sitting in the class, and I am kid you not, I hear a voice just kind of like, you need to go forgive your father. And I'm just like, man, I go to the next class, and I feel like it's just getting stronger and stronger. I don't know how I knew where he lived, but I remember where he lived. I don't even know how I remember the address. He lived, I was in Azusa. He lived about, you know, in Compton, like maybe like 45 minutes away. I go to another class. I just feel like the Lord was tugging me. I just jumped up. Got in my truck and I took off toward his house. I got my friends texting me, people calling me, and I'm not even answering. Uh, the cool thing about it is, as I'm going there, God was clearly telling me, Jamal, don't expect him to cry, whatever, because you have a father. You have a father in me. So he was preparing my heart that this is this is not a reaction for for me to get some from him. I might not get anything, but I'm I'm, I'm doing this to free myself, you know. Um, I knew I wanted to be a good husband, and I knew I wanted to be a good father, but I knew I still was holding on to the emptiness of not, my real dad not being around. Uh, obviously, I'm thankful for my, my dad, who's German, white, and my mom was Italian, but just since a little kid, you know, you, you got... So there's six biological kids, and I'm the only one adopted, and I'm the oldest. So they have six biological kids. So from a little kid, I remember going to the pool and... And my little brother comes up and somebody says, hey, you look like your father. And, you know, I love my dad, but I don't look like him. So even in those were triggers for me to say, man, it, it always kind of brought that pain back. So here I am. I'm in college. I know I want to marry this girl, but the Lord's really tugging on me like I need to forgive him so I can not bring this into a marriage or bring this into fatherhood or anything like that. Um, I finally find this house. I knock on the door. 
And as I'm knocking on the door, I didn't I think nobody's, man, he's probably not even here. So as I'm going to my truck, all I hear is a eek, and the door opened. And I remember walking in, and, and I just said to him, I just said, hey, man, I just want to let you know, you know, I forgive you for not being there for me. And um, the Lord has changed my life, and he's given me grace. So I understand what grace is, and I give that to you. And we end up, standing there, we end up talking for about a couple of hours a couple of things that stood out to me I want to share is that um, my dad was like, he pulled out pictures from the military and we were like dead on. Like, I feel like I was kind of looking at myself, you know, mm-hmm. if, when he looked at my hands and his hands, I'm talking about our hands are almost identical, same size. Uh, I'm very passionate about horses and dogs and coming to find out, I didn't even know my dad. My dad loves horses, goes to the racetrack just to watch them. So I kind of started to see these pieces of my life where I come passionate. But also the Lord at the same time was speaking to me, showing me that when God designed something, it's for a purpose. God designed children to live with their mothers and their fathers. That's what he designed. Because I wasn't even around him, but we were so much alike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played baseball. I played a lot of sports. He played sports. He played baseball. I naturally had a strong arm. My dad telling me his stories like he can throw a baseball 90 miles per hour so for me at the same time he's telling me things I'm starting to piece these puzzles together in my life and where I got all these attributes from um but the as we sit down we start talking and, and things like this and and he didn't cry he didn't he didn't really apologize about anything but the Lord once the Lord redeems you of something he calls you to do something he, he kind of takes away that pain. You, could, you start to see life from their perspective. Um, at the end of this story, it's cool because it's about forgiveness, but it's also about me. As I got there, the Lord gave me a heart for my dad, that who I'd never been around. So here's a person I never met, you know, and I could easily could have went in there and had thousands of questions and, and expecting thousands of comments, but the Lord was really clear to me about how... Jamal, the same grace that I was given, my dad needs to be given. And and I left there thinking, man, this is, I came in there thinking, this is my dad who never been in my life. And I, I left there saying, you know, this is God's son who God loves and he's a sinner and he's broken. And it really helped me because as being married for 10 years and being a father, that same grace that I had to extend to my dad, I, I still have to do it every day. You know, uh, with my children, with my wife, and with my family, and with my friends. So the story is about forgiveness, but it's no different. The story kind of remind me of of Jonah, and we look at the story of Jonah, and people always kind of say Jonah was in a well, and and a, a man being swallowed by a well, and people are amazed by that. Yeah, I've never seen him, but the story is not about that. The story is about a man who really had pride, and he was arrogant, and he thought that some other people didn't deserve God's love. And God loved the people of Nineveh. And God, even though they were broken, a torn people, God still loved them. And that's what God, I walked away from my dad. Like God still loved my dad and he loved him. So it gave me a heart for him. So I've learned through that is the grace that God has given us on the cross, it is not an option to give it out. It's an expectation. Okay? So like I said, that day made me a better husband, uh, a better father, because the understanding and the empathy that 
the grace that I, we should all as believers walk around, be ready to extend. I think sometimes as believers, we walk around and we hold on to grace and we want to pick and choose who we give that grace to. But that's not how the gospel works. So uh, that's my story. Uh, thank you guys for listening and hope we get to talk a little bit more. Thank you guys. Jamal's powerful words. The grace God has given isn't an option to give out. It's an expectation. Be ready to extend it. And the most challenging, we don't get to pick and choose who to give God's grace to. It doesn't get more simple or more complicated than that. But the amazing part of God's grace is the other part of what Jamal shared. When he said, once the Lord redeems you of something, he takes away the pain, and you can see from the other person's perspective. God gave Jamal a heart for his dad, to see him as God's son who God loves, to realize he's a sinner who is broken. May God give to each of us the strength to extend this grace every day to those in our lives. Jamal, thanks for sharing this wonderful to tell story. To see photos of Jamal and his family and to learn more about him and all our wonderful to tell guests, please visit us at wonderfultotell.com or follow us on Instagram at wonderfultotell. If you enjoy listening, be sure to subscribe to our show. This episode was produced by Michael, Brad, and Tracy Conrad with invaluable support of our crew members. Lindy, Kevin, Katie, Karen, Nancy, Mark, Debbie, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed our intro. Lindy came up with our name. And Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. Thanks for listening.